All right, hello and welcome to Between the Liars with Ryan. This is a special bonus episode where we're going to be highlighting the crossover I did the other week with Nikki from the podcast Red Girl in a Blue World. The focus of our discussion was the distinction between a democracy and a republic. Now, there is an important difference between the two, such as the design and the function of the government. And yet a lot of people confuse these. Well, we are here to shed some light and bring some clarity and have a great time while we do it. So join us as we break down the key differences and discuss the importance of the United States being a republic by design. All of that to come up next. Everybody, welcome back to Red Girl in a Blue World. It is your host, Nikki. What is going on, everyone? So excited to be back. Episode three. This is crazy. Oh my goodness. Like I said at the beginning of the second episode, that little clip at the beginning, thank you so much for this response. I am blown away. I am so thankful, and I'm just so excited to see where this can go. And I just really thank you all for your support. It means the world to me. Your DMs that tell me that you have been in this position and you are so happy that I'm speaking out. It really, it really truly means a lot. And I just really wanted to thank you. I truly was thinking for the first, like so many episodes I would have literally 10 listeners. Like I said in the first episode, I literally thought I would have 10 listeners. And the first episode right now has like 900 downloads. And I'm like, what, what? that's so insane. I I can't believe it. And one thing I've learned through all of this is that us conservatives, I thought that we, our voice was not loud, that there were not many of us. I'm here to tell you there are many of us. It may be a slight whisper or classroom inside voice, but it's there. And I encourage you to speak out, talk out. Don't be scared because there are so many of us here to back you and we can really make a difference if we all stick together and speak up about these things. So now let's get into what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be discussing something I think is super, super important to know when talking about how our government works. I think probably the most important thing, and if I'm being totally transparent, something I didn't quite know the gravity of or the importance of till very, very recently. So if you're right there with me, totally fine. This is Planet Fitness, no judgment zone. So before I start, let me introduce our guest for this episode. I will be joined by Ryan Goak. He is a PhD candidate at North Dakota State University. He specializes in conflict management, power dynamics, and interpersonal relationships at work. He is the coach of the NDSU Lincoln Speech and Debate Team and hosts a political podcast, Between the Liars. We get into this a little bit in our Zoom call. He explains it a little bit more, but Ryan is like one of the first people who reached out to me through Instagram once uh, I created my Instagram for this podcast. And I was I was like, what? Somebody who has another podcast is DMing me? Like, this is crazy. And he has been like so supportive and so nice throughout this entire thing and is a very, very knowledgeable person. So without further ado, please let me start edit on our zoom conversation and please enjoy this 
episode, and I hope you get a lot of good information out of it. So I don't want to take up any more of your time. Here it is. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. So before we start, I just want you to introduce yourself to my listeners a little bit, tell them about your podcast you have. Sure. So uh, my name is Ryan Goke. I'm one of the hosts of Between the Liars, which is a political podcast that focuses on the debate and clash between, I I would say predominantly the two ends of the spectrum, but we've had people from all over who come on as guests to kind of uh, debate what are the main ideas and underpinnings of the policies that our government is putting through. We've talked about things from, I don't know, cultural movements to bills that have either made it through the House and Senate or died on the House and Senate. We've talked about uh, just general principles, like one episode we just talked about, like capitalism versus socialism. What are the pros and cons of each? So we get a pretty diverse range of topics. The reason I started the podcast is because I feel like both sides and everyone who does anything in politics gets involved in this this echo chamber of sorts where, you know, if you're a conservative, you're going to go listen to very specific podcasts. If you're more to the left, you're going to go listen to very specific podcasts. What I did not see was a central place where people could go and there was a consistent debate. And that was, um, I, I have, <laughs> I, I had uh, four years uh, debating in my undergrad and then I've coached through my master's program and now through my doctoral program. So this is my, uh, let's see here. Uh, sixth year, um, I think it is now, coaching. So I, I really enjoy just the civility of debate. And I had a couple of friends who really enjoyed debate. Now that they're moving on with their lives, we, we really miss that opportunity. So we were like, this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for us to get together. So yeah, our, our show is pretty much just us getting together once a week to debate whatever we feel like or whatever happens to yeah. be popular in the news. <laughs> Okay. What do you have a specific day that they come that your episodes come out? So we actually live stream the recording recordings on Saturdays, and those okay. are usually at 12 p.m. Central Time. And okay. then the podcast edited version, cleaned up, where we all sound really professional and good. <laughs> <laughs> those come out uh, whenever they're finished on Monday, so you can look for those okay. to be dropped on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Take your pick. Okay, Saturdays, Mondays between the liars. Check it out. So I gave Ryan a little bit of background about what we're talking about today, but we are going to be discussing republic versus democracy. We're doing this because I think it's really important to distinguish between the two. I think on both sides of the political spectrum, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal confuses them a lot. Miss says what type of government we are, which is a republic. So if I'm being completely transparent, I did not pay attention to my political science class senior year of high school. I did not know this till recently. My dad, we were like having a conversation a few weeks ago and then he said, we are not a democracy. And I'm like, oh, what What are you talking about? Like totally thought we were. And so I put this uh, poll out on Instagram to see what other people thought. And it was like 65 Republic, 35 democracy. And I remember you DM'd and you were like, oh, that, that 35%. And I was like, few weeks ago, I was part of that 35%. So, um, but I think that this influences a lot of different things that goes on in our government. So where do you stand politically? Yeah. So I fall on the center right. So okay. like a lot of a lot of my political beliefs can fall under the umbrella of I want limited government involvement. Okay. So like I I don't like when the government is used for one side or the other. I like it to kind of be left alone and then, you know, it lets people kind of exist with their own personal beliefs. Okay. So that's usually 
my my go-to argument is yeah i understand why you're saying what you're saying but we're going to disagree on how much the government should be able to regulate that yeah personal responsibility heavy on individualism okay things like that okay okay so that kind of does involve the republic democracy aspect to majority minority type of thing so before we start i'm gonna define a democracy first, but what do you probably know more than I knew before my research. So you might even give a better definition that's like in easier terms because mine is going to come straight from the places I research. But what do you, what would you define as a democracy? I guess when, when people say democracy, if they're using it to refer to the form of government, I think of a pure democracy, like a true democracy, mm-hmm. which is the people vote on all of the issues. So think like ancient Athens, yeah, where everyone, like there's an issue that comes up, we go and we vote. Like we have a say in the mm-hmm. government, but it's direct. Yeah. And then I would contrast that with a republic, which would be, it's, it's a representative democracy. You have a proxy. The people okay. who stand for you and they do vote on all the issues, you get a, yeah. a voice, but you get to live your life like we do. Mm-hmm. And you're represented and then, you know, you vote for them every once in a while. That's kind of how I would distinguish those. Okay. As I was researching these, trying to find good definitions, I kept seeing that the representative democracy type thing, which I think is why there could be that confusion because a republic is more of that representative type thing. But there is the direct democracy and the representative democracy. So I think maybe that's where people could get confused. I'm sure that's probably, well, I probably just heard it and just thought thought that (laughs) it was right. I think people just use those terms interchangeably. Yeah. Like, and it's, I don't, do you watch Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that, you know, Obi-Wan says, you know, my allegiance is to the yeah. Republic, to democracy. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and I, I actually, I'm not even going to say that he used that incorrectly. What I am saying is that I think people usually think as long as I have a say in my government, yeah, it's, it's a democracy. Yes. And in the news, it's popularized. This is a threat to democracy. Mm-hmm. This supports democracy. Yeah. We use it because it's catchy at times and sometimes we use it incorrectly. Yeah, I agree. So I, I guess it will be disting- distinguishing between the two, but I also, I guess, will touch upon why the fact that we're a republic is important in especially what's going on today. So I'll start with democracy. This is, I pulled it from a few different websites, which I will link in the description so you guys could read for yourself. But here is what I got. So the individual and any group of individuals composing any minority have no protection against unlimited power of the majority. There are two types, a direct and representative, but in either one, the majority's power is absolute and unlimited. Its decisions are unappealable under legal system established to give effect to this form of government. And this word is not found in our constitution. And in this one, majority rule is the key element. The majority is able to take away the minority rights. And, and you, you bring up something that is very important, and it's called the tyranny of the majority. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of 50% plus one. And this is actually mirrored in, a, have you heard of the concept of utilitarianism? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's generally thought of as the greatest good for the greatest people, which mm-hmm. isn't technically correct, but I won't get into that because we don't have time. Yes. And now but, that you say that, uh, the definition right. is coming back and what I've learned is coming back. Right. So the the way that that is usually used, people tend to think that utilitarianism is great because it's what the majority wants. Mm-hmm. But what they forget is most of the time, you know, what they'd be aiming for is sure, like 99, 98, you know, 80% yeah. of the people are represented. What utilitarianism in that sense, and in this case, a, a democracy would support is 51% or 50 plus, 50% mm-hmm. plus one person 
Yep. And then 49% are the minority and they yep. have no say. So that is why we were not set up as a democracy mm-hmm. because that is, I mean, look at the Senate right now. It's yeah. very, very close. And one party hangs on by a thread mm-hmm. and it's not enough to be truly representative of the U.S., because yeah. it's split, right? But mm-hmm. they do represent enough that they hold the majority. If we were a democracy, yeah. they would be able to pass a lot more legislation that they wanted without the checks and balances that a republic provides. Yeah, I that is a great example and a great real-time example for people to know and understand. And our founders, when they were reading our government and thinking about our government, they feared mob rule just as much as they feared a monarch or anything like that. And democracy would be mob rule, majority yes. ruling over that the minority. So yes. So now I'll give you my definitions of a republic. So our government is a constitutional republic by purposeful design. Our founders purposefully made us a republic. Republicanism asserts that people have unalienable rights that cannot be voted away by majority of voters. It is rule rooted in law. Republicanism stresses liberty and unalienable rights as central values. It makes the people as a whole sovereign, rejects inherited political power, expects citizens to be independent in their performance of civic duties, and representatives are elected to protect and exercise our rights. These rights are meant to protect minorities so majority cannot overthrow. And you raise an important point when you talk about the inalienable, inalienable, (laughs) the inalienable rights. So those are things that are protected and the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, specifically Mm -hmm. limits the power and the overreach that the government can have, even though they can technically say I was elected, they can't step on those, restrict those, or eradicate them, right? Because you're, you're starting to see this language. I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes with Trudeau as the Prime Minister of Canada, because a lot of his fallback, I, I'm not saying that they are, I, I actually don't know what type of government they are. I, I know they have a parliament. But, I wouldn't um, be able to tell you either. What, what I'm getting at here is not trying to draw a direct connection between the U.S. and Canada, but rather saying he falls back on, I was elected. Mm-hmm. So I get to do that, right? And and the, the specific nuance of the U.S. Constitution says it doesn't matter if you were elected, you don't get to tread on those inalienable rights, regardless of whether you think you represent the majority, the supermajority, yeah. or whatever percentage supports you. Yeah. And I think, like, like you said in the beginning, you just stand with more limited government. And that's kind of what, that's exactly what a republic was meant yeah. to do, keep the government limited. And I think especially nowadays, they're kind of uh, tiptoeing on these inalienable rights that we were granted through the Bill of Rights. And it's getting a little touchy there through this. Yeah. Well, and it's also why they, the Founding Fathers set up such a difficult process. There was a very high threshold for before you could make a constitutional amendment. Okay, so here's here's your steps for to amend the constitution. Mm-hmm. It has to be passed by Congress, mm-hmm. and it has to be approved by a two thirds vote of both houses. So it has to go through the House and the Senate. You have to have the sixty yep. percent, the two thirds majority, mm-hmm. and then you have to notify the states, and yeah. then that goes to the governor of each of the states, and three fourths of the states have to ratify it. 
Yeah. So, and, and that's where it's it's a balance between the state power and the federal power. Yep. You can't even overstep it just if the federal government agrees. Yeah. Because you could get enough people into Congress at the federal level who are in favor of this, and the states don't want that to happen. So, really, what they were looking for is does this truly represent enough of the people for it to be changed? Now, I'm in yeah. favor. If, if we have evolved as a society, and I don't think we have, but we, if we get to a point where we've evolved enough that the Constitution is not accurately representing us, mm-hmm. call for this, go through the process. Yeah. What I'm particularly opposed to is this kind of halfway, well, we just got it through the Senate, we got it through the House, yep. you know, and, and then, um, you know, like some of the voting rights legislation that they've tried to do, some of them technically require a constitutional amendment, yeah. and they're trying to do it by, well, honestly, if they had their way, a 50 plus the vice president. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way that you can actually do that. So I have a huge issue with the government trying to do that because if you can't, you know why they're not doing it? It's because they don't have the votes. Yes, exactly. You don't have the people backing you. And you you have this facade where they say, oh, we do represent the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, but you only yeah. you represent them in your capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And people forget the the difference between the Senate and the House. Mm-hmm. The House is not designed to be as powerful as the Senate, yeah, because the House you have more people because they are supposed to be in touch with the communities. Yeah. So, like when when AOC is trying to mm-hmm. go toe to toe with the senators with the level of legislation, a lot of these House of Representative members are forgetting that their place is for their local community and to actually be doing good. If you want to pass sweeping legislation, radicalize the change in your community. Stop trying mm-hmm. to do it to the states. Like, yeah. the reason you keep hitting gridlock and you have to go through this theatrics mm-hmm. of I'm offended that you know I'm not getting what I want when a lot of times politicians doesn't matter what they're labeled they're yeah. out for themselves mm-hmm. in, in my opinion right I, it's, it's I, I mean I agree but government. yeah <laughs> yeah I did want to mention that when we talk about republic it's not like republican versus democrat like right those names were like stemmed from those but when we say we are a republic I'm not like attacking Democrats or saying that Republicans are totally right or something. Like I want to make that your, clear. Your big R and big D and small R and small yes, D. Yes, exactly. Right? So the exactly. capitalized Republican, capitalized Democrat would be party. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of touched on it, but now I have like a few questions to ask you, spark some conversation. Yep. So what do you see as the biggest difference between a Republic and a democracy? Hmm. So I think it's important to remember that the blanket term doesn't fit all the all of the countries that it goes to, right? Because mm-hmm. if if we have a republic and another country has a republic, it's not necessarily the same. What I would say is the important difference that the U.S. has as a republic is we have things like we have the Constitution as a founding mm-hmm. document designed to limit the the power of yeah. government. We do have the electoral college, like we mm-hmm. we are even represented in our representative vote for the yeah. president. Uh, we have the filibuster, which is a hot topic right now that the Democratic Party would yeah. like to abolish because they don't have the votes they need for mm-hmm. a lot of the legislation they would like. That is the piece that requires you to have 60% of the vote in the Senate mm-hmm. to be able to pass pretty much anything other than like small budget adjustments. Yeah. So anything that has any substance because mm-hmm. they they want, they, or the founding fathers originally wanted that to be a little bit more representative of the people. Mm-hmm. So we have that. Uh, we have the the checks and balances. You've got the Senate, the House, yep. and the president. 
And then you've got the enumerated powers. It specifically says each branch of government can do specific things and no more. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Supreme Court, which that one is the one that's really interesting. And I think probably gets the most criticism for being quote unquote undemocratic. Yeah. Um, and small democracy, like yes. we were talking about a second ago, because it's the one branch where they're appointed for life, mm-hmm. they're appointed by the president, they're confirmed by the Senate. So there are checks and balances. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is not truly appointed by the people. It's appointed by a proxy. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that I think really set apart republics, particularly and specifically in this case, the U.S. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to be having a whole episode on many different things you just mentioned. There's a lot to unpack and all. Yes. (laughs) So much. We're just like barely scraping the surface. But like you said, the Constitution and like checks and balances, I think the one of the major things in these two definitions that I gave that are different is that in a republic, there are rights of the people, of any person, majority, minority, in a general sense, that can cannot be taken away by government leaders. So I think that that is important to note. Yes. So why do you think it's important that we are a republic and that people should know and not misspeak and say we are a democracy when we are not a democracy? There's a couple of reasons. The first one that I would give is I think it does a disservice to the way that people vote. I think that mm-hmm. it really perpetuates the uninformed voter. I think a lot of people vote and they don't realize what the government can and can't do. So they don't mm-hmm. get as offended as they should be when the government oversteps the checks that a republic puts on them. Yep. I think that they see issues in society that we might agree are problematic where I'm going to disagree with people is probably going to be in what should the government be doing about it. Yeah. And I think that when you think of it as a true democracy, you start to think, well, as long as 51% of the people are in favor of this, that's what we should be. That's the will of the people. And that's that's not the case yeah. when it comes to a republic. So I think it really does a disservice to that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that mindset, I think it kind of erodes it the way that yeah. they think about it. Yeah. And you mentioned voting, which makes me bring up again, I'm going to have a whole separate episode, but like the Electoral College is meant to not be a democracy because if you take away the electoral college then you have big cities dominating the vote and that is that is right there the majority ruling the minority because if you have all that big population in a big city voting for one candidate and then you have these rural areas mm-hmm. they're just totally dominating their vote in our presidential election. So that's why the electoral college is so important. Again, just scraping the surface, but yeah, like you mentioned with the voting. Yeah. And I think that that causes a lot. I, really, I think this boils back to the failure of the education system. Mm-hmm. Like I, we've, we have switched, at least in most of the areas that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. we've switched from civics, which is what is the function of government? What is the constitution? How do they work? What are the enumerated powers? To this more ambiguous term, social studies, which I mean, it's going to vary from school to school. They've got some standards there, but it's not teaching, at least not that I'm seeing, it is not teaching the fundamentals of government the way that it was when it was called civics. And that's really important because I understand this stuff is confusing. I understand people are busy. Like not everybody is doing this on a weekly basis like we are. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Which that was one of the goals when I started this podcast was also, um, make this stuff accessible. Like we always start every episode with here's your five minute, 10 minute rundown of what's going on. Now we debate it yeah. so that you don't have to go look mm-hmm. this up for yourself. I mean, I, I understand that it's it's not a, you know, 
maybe it's not a priority. Maybe people don't have time. Yeah. This can be boring. It can be complex. And I think that that also really pushes people to be under the assumption yes. that it's a democracy. Because you look at these maps, and I mm-hmm. see everybody misunderstanding what the electoral yeah. college map looks like. Right. Like and, and it's it's really tied mm-hmm. to did their party yeah. win? <laughs> like, did it yeah. did it get what you wanted? And I, I do wonder at times how long we will last as a republic if people stop understanding that that's what we are. Like to me, that's another big, big key issue here is right now you've got enough people voting who understand that that's the case. And, and that's OK. What happens when we get down the road? And people start forgetting that we're not designed to represent the majority as in 51% or 50 plus one person. We're designed to protect the true majority, the the filibuster proof majority. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a scary road to uh, go down. But I think I would have never, even a month ago, I would have never thought I would be talking in politics. My dad would talk about it. I'd hear about it. That was it. Now, every night I'm like watching the news, making sure I'm updated. So I get that it's not something that most people want to hear about or listen about, especially now when it's so divided and like there's so much tension in politics now. But I think it's so important that like (laughs) these topics are talked about because like you said, it could be we're going down a dangerous path if people lose sight of what, whether we're a democracy or a republic because. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like it, it's stressful. And I think the other thing that we're losing is the ability to disagree with someone's political beliefs and still embrace them as a person. I feel like, you know, but I feel like we've now gone down this road of we use terms like racism, like Nazism, like fascism so loosely that there are a lot of people using that to represent people that they just disagree with politically. And and we've been tying in this idea that your thoughts are dangerous um, and therefore should not have a platform. Um, and, I, and I think that we've lost as people the ability to have a conversation. And what I'm finding is when we cannot have a civil discussion, that's where we stop having people interested in politics, I think. Yeah, exactly. And the episode that's coming out tomorrow is all about how people are so quick to make assumptions about conservatives. Everything you just said is stuff I'm going to be talking about that you can listen to tomorrow or last week as when people are listening to this. I'll have to. Yeah, because I think that what you just said is totally 100% correct. I think that not being able to have these conversations now is doing way, way, way more damage than it is helping Okay, so uh, we kind of touched upon this too, but I'll still ask, see if you have anything more to add. Why do you think that thinking we are democracy could be problematic? Hmm. I think my my biggest concern with that is still going to go back to the way that people vote. Yeah. Right, because you know, you you might not fit into a party a hundred percent, but usually the party ideals stick with the the party. So like the left ideals tend to focus on democracy, like true democracy, like 50 plus one percent think this is a good idea. So we're going to level the field and we're going to do whatever we can to fix this. And I think that if you don't understand that we're designed to, you know, catch as many as people as we can in that help, but not necessarily undermine the enumerated powers you're going to vote in favor of that. So like to mm-hmm. me, you know, if, if you agree with those ideals and that's why you vote with that, 
totally good. Like I respect yeah. that. If you understand what you're voting for, great. What I'm concerned about is the people who don't understand. And they're like, oh, the point of government is to do this when it's really not. Yeah. Right. And, and de- uh, the true democracy tends to think that government gets a lot more power, that the majority should be as few over 50% as we can get. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think, and, and you hear this a lot, even from the current Democrats who are sitting in the Senate, we need to do away with the filibuster. It's stopping our progress. It's like, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. I wouldn't call where you'd like to take us progress. Mm-hmm. And it has its purpose because it is a republic. Yes. But like, that's kind of the language that they use is they, they emotionally charge it with, well, equity and equality, and we need yes. to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. That is where a democracy tends to take people that you as the 50 plus the VP get mm-hmm. to decide where everything goes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, there's a lot of emotional charge that goes into a lot of the democratic liberal ideals. And when you think that way, it's hard to not think, oh, the 50 plus whatever can do this for the other person. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that for the other person? I also talk about that on the episode that came out last week. Oftentimes I feel liberals think about things in emotion instead of like everybody has these rights that can't be taken away. And when you try to do certain things, you are taking away those rights. And like you said, we have those checks and balances in place. And like we said, our government was made to keep those rights in place. Uh, Well, if if we back up, maybe it's like, let's say like the nineties, the like traditional liberal beliefs, like they were called like the bleeding hearts, right? Like they felt for the people they wanted to help the people. And the Republicans were believed to be more stone cold and heartless. Like, oh, you'd Mm -hmm. like to see these homeless people, you know, exist or in in their current state. It's not that I I support those. In fact, I think it's terrible. But like, I believe that let's say like the $3 million that Elon Musk gives directly does a lot more Mm -hmm. good than say the taxes that were removed went through the government gets put into pet projects right like to me Mm -hmm. it's not that i disagree with the liberal idea that these people should be helped i just don't think it's the government's place but here's the deal it comes across as stone cold and heartless and I see where that's coming from. Strongly disagree. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I could see. I could see again where that misconception could come in. But like, misconception is what it is. Well, and and this is where I think it's important that we start reframing this in the way it can actually go. Mm-hmm. It is the tyranny of the majority. Yeah. Because my question to ask, and what we should be asking, who gets to decide what's good? Yeah. Because if you're giving them this level of control, the people in charge get to decide. And I think it yeah. doesn't matter which way the government goes. I would never look at the government and say, ah, they've done a terrible job. Let's give yeah. them more power and see if they can fix it. Because I, yeah. I, I think that that is illogical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to add on to that and say, I, for Biden, Trump, just because I voted for Trump doesn't mean I would want him to have more power just because he's a Republican. Or I think both of them should just do their role as president and not try to take more than they should in the type of government that we have. Yeah. And well, I think another thing to kind of go back to your question you asked, I think another, what will take us closer to a true democracy is eliminating the Senate filibuster, which (laughs) is why I think that that is such an underrated topic that people do not understand how it works. Uh, So the filibuster is where the, right now the Senate uh, for anything that is not going to be like like budgeting, like basic, mm-hmm. like budget adjustments. You can do that usually with a 50 plus one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the major policies, it requires uh, uh, two, two thirds. So what, 67, uh, the, the yeah. super majority, 67 senators 
to pass. But when you remove the filibuster, the other party gets in, gets in power eventually. And I think a lot yeah. of people forget that when they're in favor of the more true democracy mm-hmm. process. And it's right now the language surrounding it is it's a Jim Crow era racist mm-hmm. tool. Guess who's in favor of filibusters? The, the minority party. Yeah. So, and, and it doesn't matter who's in the minority. They both like it because guess what? It protects their interests and yeah. stops the party that they think is out of control, the majority, mm-hmm. from just steamrolling them. So when we allow, if, if we happen to allow that to be removed, you're going to see a lot more of the 50 plus one. Yeah. And that to me would be pretty, pretty problematic to give the mm-hmm. government that level of control. 100% very, very problematic. And I guess to kind of go off of that, another concern that I would have if we were a democracy and what the founding fathers wanted to stop was this whiplash we would get, right? Yeah. Because when Trump went into office, he went in complete control of all the branches of government. Mm-hmm. He had the House, he had the Senate. Same was true for President Obama. Same was true for Biden. Mm-hmm. And the whiplash is we don't like what's going on. They blame the president's party mm-hmm. and then they vote them out. If if it was just the 50 plus one, we would be rebounding back and forth through stru- such extreme policies that yeah. it would be good for the people. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that that would be another danger that you know we'd want to be careful of. Yeah. And that fortunately we, we avoid with the checks and balances of a republic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to give a few quotes from our founders about democracy, republic, just to like ah. clear it up. This is how this is how it was intended. So, like I said, republic by person purposeful design by our founders. So, and before, well, before I go here, I just saw this comparison to democracy. A democracy is like if three wolves and one sheep were like voting for what's for dinner. It would be the sheep, obviously, because the majority ruled the sheep. So uh, just a little analogy for people to better understand a democracy and why it's problematic. But anyway, like I said, quotes from our founders. So John Adams says, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. So there's one. Thomas Jefferson said, a democracy is nothing more than a mob rule where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. That's kind of what we talked about this entire episode. Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, our real disease, which is democracy. That's what he said. And now I have two quotes in favor of it. Thomas Jefferson said, the best principles of our republic secure to all citizens a perfect equality of rights, which I think we definitely touched upon how a republic does that. And then John Adams said, all good government is and must be Republican. So again, not like Republican, the party, little r, republic. (laughs) And then the constitution itself in article four, section four declares the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union, a Republican form of government. So right there in the constitution, it also states it. So uh, Ryan, do you have anything else to add before we close out here? Uh, No, I'm glad that, you know, this was a topic that you chose to do. I think it's very Mm -hmm. important. I think it really sets the stage as an early episode for you to kind of really dive into a lot of these principles. Yeah. Yeah. And I like chose it because I was like, oh, this is going to be boring. I don't want to do it like first. And then <laughs> I was talking, we kept, they kept giving me different topics and we just kept being like, okay, well, that's, that just goes back to the democracy versus Republican. I was like, okay, fine. That's going to be 
one of the earlier ones because I think <laughs> it gives you a good a good base to kind yeah. of start from. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Ryan, so much for coming on. Yeah, thank minute. you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. You definitely <laughs> brought um, a very knowledgeable side that I think I needed to have. Well, so you. I really thank appreciate you. it. <laughs> and if they want to hear the dissenting opinions, check out our show because I got yes. plenty of people who disagree with me. <laughs> yes. And as you can see, very intelligent. So between the liars, check it out. Wow. What a great conversation Ryan and I just had. I hope you guys really enjoyed it and learned a lot. I know I did. I'm new to the whole politics thing and podcast thing and Ryan definitely taught me a lot about both. So thank you, Ryan. Remember to check out Between the Liars and also remember to follow me on Instagram at Red Girl in a Blue World and follow on TikTok at Red Girl in a Blue World. Same thing for both. Also, I got a getter account because TikTok that I made about Truth Social was taken down for hate speech. Uh, let's not talk about it. Not really sure why. But anyway, my Truth Social, I'm still on the waiting list. Been about on the waiting list for about three days now. So once that's up and running, I will let you know on Instagram. But for now, follow on Getter at The Red Girl. I haven't posted anything yet. I'm hoping too soon. But you know, spread the word, family and friends, whoever you think might be interested in this podcast. Like I said in the beginning, the bigger the community, the more of a difference we can make. As always, DM on Instagram if you have any ideas or want to come speak with me. I have a whole list. Don't worry. I will get to everyone. I promise. This only comes out once a week, so I'm getting there though. Don't worry. So like I said, I have been working on a sign-off. I wasn't lying. I actually was. And my dad was like, oh, maybe look up some quotes. Maybe it'll spark something. So I found this quote by James Madison. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. A people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. So I was like, hmm, I like that one. So I will see you guys next week. Stay informed, stay free, speak out. Change starts with you. Well, this was a really enjoyable conversation. I had an absolute blast working with Nikki, so a huge thank you goes out to her for having me on her show. And if you want more great content like this, be sure to check out her podcast, A Red Girl in a Blue World. She has a different guest on every week to cover a different topic. I've linked her podcast and social medias in the description of this episode, so be sure to go and check her out. All right, remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on our social medias at Between the Liars to stay updated. And if you've enjoyed this show, go ahead and give us a five-star review, like, and share us with your friends. All right, I'm sure you find yourself somewhere between the liars. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now.